Welcome to Boundaries Unleashed, the podcast where you break free from people-pleasing, set healthy boundaries, and own your life. I'm your host, Vicki Pittman, and as a self-love activator and confidence coach, I'm excited to embark on this transformative journey with you. Join me to get the tools, insights, and support needed to escape the people-pleasing trap. Subscribe and let's set you free. Now a little housekeeping. This podcast is an extension of me, Vicki the Coach and Vicki the Person. I'm equal parts grounded reality and modern mystic. So be prepared for the occasional F-bomb and talks of spirit guides. You'll hear it all here, with love, of course. So lean in, lady. It's time to unleash your potential. Boundaries Unleashed, reclaiming your self-care is about to start. Your journey to empowerment begins now. Hello, hello. We are here. This is the premiere episode of Boundaries Unleashed. I'm wicked excited to be here with you today because a few reasons. One, to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, which is the topic of people pleasing. And really today's episode is all about ditching the drama and really escaping the people pleasing trap. So if you're like me, um, who really values what other people think, um, and want everyone to be happy and everything to go smoothly, you probably have engaged in people pleasing behaviors. Uh, but don't fret. I have a lot of useful tips today to help us kind of get out of that people pleasing trap. I do want to quickly introduce myself. I know you heard my intro of this podcast, but I am Vicki Pittman. I am a self-love activator, confidence, and boundaries coach. Now, I say all that, (laughs) and I say that as my like kind of default intro because, you know, one of the first things that you do when you meet someone new, right? We're building a relationship together, you and me podcast host, podcast listener. And just think about when you like go to parties or or any type of meetup at work or just really just anywhere where you meet new people. What is the first question people ask you? What do you do? <laughs> right? As if that question is going to immediately tell them everything there is to know about you. Uh, and to be honest, it is one of my least favorite questions. Ugh, because when when my brain hears that, and maybe you can relate to, but I hear, you know, what do you do for a living? Because that's how I'm going to define you is by what you do to make money. And And I don't know about you, but how I make money does not define who I am. So I say that I am a self-love activator, confidence and boundaries coach, but really what that tells you is just how I spend my day. So you can kind of infer and assume that, you know, I probably mentor and coach clients, which I do. I coach and facilitate trainings, which I do. (laughs) I do public speaking, which I do, right? So it kind of gives you an idea of how I spend my day. Now, with that being said, I do a lot of other things too, right? Including hobbies and how other ways I spend my time, like working out, listening to other podcasts. Um, you know, kitchen dance parties with my husband as we're cooking dinner, tea parties with my my toddler daughter. <laughs> I, I do a lot of things, and I'm sure you do too. And I'm curious if that question kind of like triggers you like it triggers me clearly, right? I'm talking about it. Um, but those are just some things I do. But who I am 
really speaks probably to what you really want to know. And honestly, that's the question that I'd rather be talking about anyway, is who I am or who you are, because that tells me regardless of what circumstance you're in currently or where you are in life, who you are doesn't change, even though the circumstances may change. So who am I? Who is Vicky? I'm a dreamer. I'm a mover. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a sister. I'm a facilitator. I'm a creative. I'm a military spouse. I'm a traveler, dancer, goofball, coach, problem solver, dog lover. I'm a lot of things. And I am who I am, regardless of my outside situation. And so I wanted to lead off the podcast with that differentiation because I feel like it's such a, um, it just starts the relationship between who you are and what you do. And it is the beginning and one of the first questions I kind of coach my clients through in their self-love journey. So naturally, I would extend that to my podcast, Boundaries Unleashed, (laughs) who you are versus what you do. So something to ponder. I'm curious uh, how you define who you are versus what you do. I would love to hear in the comments or um, any of the reviews of this episode. So please let me know because I truly want to know. But that's a little bit about me. But let's actually dive in to what we're going to talk about on the podcast in general, why I created Boundaries Unleashed. And for one, it's an extension of me who I am, right? You talk about who I am, what I do. And it's an extension of what I do um, because it is important to me to empower other people to, especially women, to really love themselves unconditionally and really hold compassion for themselves in every stage of life, their past selves, past versions of themselves, current versions of themselves, and even future versions of themselves. So really holding compassion for where they are in their journey and to just truly love themselves unconditionally, which seems like a simple task, but I guarantee you as a self-love mentor, I can tell you my own journey has been challenging and the clients that I work with every day, like that's why they work with me because it's hard. It's hard work. It's hard skill, Um, but it is possible. So that is one of the missions of this podcast is to really further enhance your journey in your own self-love journey. Another reason why I created this podcast and one of my missions is to really help women create healthy boundaries. Now, when I talk about boundaries, I talk about two types of boundaries. One meaning the kind of more traditional boundary, which I define as what is okay with you and what is not okay with you. So that's typically, especially if you're a people pleaser, I know you struggle with boundaries. I still struggle with boundaries and I'm a boundaries coach. So it's, so that's kind of the, the, the first boundary that I'm talking about really to help, you know, empower you to set better boundaries, but also to remove boundaries that you've placed, you may have placed yourself in. So this is about, you know, kind of creating your own upper limit, your own glass ceiling, living in paradigms that you think, or you should be living in. Because especially as women, we are told so many things by society, by culture, by our loved ones that we should be living, uh, 
a certain way or in certain values, and they may not actually align with us. So part of this Boundaries Unleashed podcast is one for you to be able to set healthy boundaries about what is okay and what is not okay with you, but also just to eliminate boundaries that you may feel like you should be living in. And really, if it doesn't align with what you want, let's get rid of those. All right. Deal. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got it, y'all. Okay. So people pleasing, right? Do you identify as a people pleaser? What makes someone a people pleaser? For me, what makes someone a people pleaser is someone who engages in people pleasing activities, right? It's not about who you are. It's more about what you're doing, right? Actions that you're partaking in. Um, and if you're like me, you know, I didn't know I was a, a people pleaser for a long time. Um, but as I became more self-aware, I realized I was doing things more for the benefit of other people. Like I valued other people's needs and priorities above my own. I was saying yes, when deep inside, I really just wanted to say no. Um, so these are ways that you can kind of tell if you kind of gravitate toward people pleasing behaviors. And if you do, then, you know, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> it's, it's okay. But the first step is really just being aware and recognizing certain patterns that you partake in, right? So people pleasing really, it refers to the tendency, like I said before, to prioritize the desires, needs, and approval of others over your own, right? Uh, it involves going great lengths to avoid conflict. This is a huge thing, especially in my own journey is I did not like to see people upset. I, you know, it was a great relief to me to have the energy very calm and grounded in the room. And I felt personally responsible to make that happen. And oftentimes I did. I was successful at it. I'm good. I'm good at it. Okay. So you may find that with yourself too. But, you know, I was doing that and I see that in my clients too at, at the expense of my own boundaries and at even my own mental health. Right. And so, you know, you're not a failure for doing people pleasing activities. Right. You know, we all get there through a different means. A lot of times it can be from societal expectations. A lot of times it can be from how you were uh, brought up, your upbringing. Um, it also could just be from your a deep desire to want to be liked and accepted. And who doesn't want to do that? Right. We're humans. We're all wired for human connection. So that totally makes sense. So. But I think it's important to realize that when we partake in these people-pleasing activities, right, it can lead to exhaustion, resentment, and even a lack of self-fulfillment, um, especially when all of your personal needs take a backseat, right? That's that's definitely not the ideal. That's not what we're looking for here, okay? So I just want to briefly now just kind of share my own personal, like a, a personal story about a time where I was actually really heavily leaning into people pleasing behaviors. And I find that, um, I was doing that a lot in my work life. So, you know, I'm a, an online coach now and podcaster ah, now. Yes. I can add that to my resume. Um, but my previous version of me was a successful Pilates studio owner. And so I, as a brick and mortar business woman, I found myself consistently just taking on extra projects and just bringing work home all the time 
and staying late at the studio when I could have been spending time with my husband and my daughter, really just to help my colleagues and my clients. Like I wanted them to have the best version of the Pilates service that my studio could provide. And I did that for them, but at the cost of my own time and, and needs, right? So despite my workload really being overwhelming, I, I found myself like, just not being able to refuse others when they ask for help, right? I'm a problem solver. I know how to fix things. So when people ask me for help, I'm going to give it to them because for one, I know how to fix it. And two, like I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing I could fix it and I didn't try to help because that's just my nature. That's just one of my core values. And so it was very natural for me to overextend myself, which I did. Um, and I did that one, because I care about helping people, but two, I also kind of feared that by declining people, like saying I couldn't help them or saying I wasn't available, it would almost kind of, I fear that it would almost make me like seem uncooperative or like less committed to my work or less committed to serving my clients and serving as a role of a studio owner, you know, as a boss, as a leader, um, as you know, a colleague. And, you know, <laughs> you, you do that for a while, you can do it for a while, right? That's the one thing I will say about people pleasers. We're really good about doing a lot for a long time, but there is a precipice where the momentum shifts to not being good, right? It shifts to where I was leading to burnout. Uh, it affected my mental health. And it really made me realize the importance of setting boundaries, not only in the workplace, but in my personal life as well. And that was my wake up call. Unfortunately, it took me being in that burnout state for me to actually start implementing some boundaries. So, you know, that was an example of from my own past and from just a work environment, but you know, this is very common in family structures. It is also very common. in just in social structures. So one of my past clients, um, I remember, you know, she was a devoted daughter and sister, and she constantly found herself, um, really just putting her family's needs ahead of her own. Um, you know, whether it was rearranging her schedule to go pick up things or drop things off or always being the host, um, you know, she was always accommodating her family's plans and really sacrificing her own personal time and her own personal needs. Um, she felt obligated to always say yes. And you can imagine that led to over time, her feeling just drained. Um, she was tired all the time. She was starting to feel resentful of her family. Um, and then that's really, again, it kind of, took to this kind of semi burnout state for her to realize just how important it was for her to create some healthy boundaries. And it's what, you know, triggered her to actually start working with me. So, you know, it doesn't always just happen at work. It, you can have people pleasing behaviors within your own family. You can even have it within societal things. You can just think about all the things that maybe you feel pressured to do that you don't want to do. I know something that comes to mind, especially for women and especially for young women now is that like, they just don't have the desire to have kids. And yet there's always like these questions from family and, and society at large and just these expectations and being able to hold those boundaries is just so important. Um, and that's just it, right? Holding boundaries is important because 
you not only do you need to know, but it's almost proclaiming to the world what is okay and what is not okay with you, right? You have to figure that out for yourself first. That is really like the first step in figuring out where a boundary needs to be is like asking yourself like, what is okay and what is not okay? Um, and obviously what is okay and not okay will change depending on what circumstances. It'll change depending on what your needs are at that time. Um, and it's, you know, it's okay if boundaries change over time, but in the moment you have to figure out what you want and what's okay and what's not okay. Right. Because when you do that, it makes the shift possible from being the people pleaser to being confident and assured and really taking back your own self sense of agency. Okay. It go, it shit makes the shift possible from being, you know, engaging in people pleasing behaviors to really owning and living into what you value and what you believe in instead of what other people believe in. So with that in mind, I wanted to kind of go over just some, some tips for recognizing and overcoming people pleasing tendencies, because this is what has helped me overcome a lot of these tendencies is what's helped a lot of my clients overcome them. And so I wanted to share them with you today. So I'm going to go over five different ones. And the first one I've mentioned a little bit already is self-reflection and awareness. You don't know what you don't know. You can't change what you don't know is a problem, right? And this is really about taking the time to self-reflect and to identify patterns of behavior. So you can really prioritize your needs over others. And so it's really about just being present and being aware when do when does your body feel tense when does your body start sweating when does your you know you you start to feel these patterns happening in your body but you just have to be present to notice them right are you having emotional responses when someone asks you something that for one you don't have the 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 bandwidth the capacity the time the energy to even handle and you know someone's going to ask you to take on a, a project or to do something that you just don't want to do can you already like feel yourself getting angry and, and like tense and like road ragey you know so it's being aware like do i have certain patterns that are constantly coming up right and just notating them right that's why journaling is so powerful because when we're having big emotions it's hard for us to um access our rational brain right that's why like i have a toddler so this is very real in my life right now uh you know in the middle of a tantrum you can't there's no logic and reason you can only observe and take notes. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, just recognizing patterns and notating it, right? Writing it down in a journal, writing it down in your notes app on your phone. That's what I do. Um, and then you can, can, you can start seeing patterns, but it, it takes being present and being aware of what's happening, right? Because when, because once you are, then you can see like, oh, there's certain patterns here. Here's what's consistently, what I'm consistently feeling when these things happen. Here's how I feel when certain things are aligned and in place. Okay. So first one, self-reflection and awareness. The second tip is really learning how to say no. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that no is a full on sentence. It is a full on sentence. Um, but you know, saying that just no is not enough, <laughs> right? It is the beginning though. And it is important to be able to say no. So it's really about practice saying no with um, 
certainty, saying it with, you know, respectfully, right? It's not about being a bitch and be like, hell no. Um, it's, it's really about claiming, no, like, I don't have the bandwidth for that. Or no, I, you know, I don't have the time right now for that. And not that you have to explain yourself, but really it's about practicing saying no. Because um, even just the thought of that for some people listening, I, I know because I had it myself, is just the thinking about telling someone no is making you sweat right now. <laughs> like that was one of my tell sales. I was like, ooh, I'm getting anxious. I don't want to tell them no. I don't know how they're going to react. And, you know, you can already feel the anxiety coming. Um, but understand that saying no is not selfish. In fact, saying no is very respectful, not only for you, but for the other person as well, right? They don't have to think that you've got it when you don't got it, right? <laughs> they can go and seek the help that they need elsewhere, or they know like, oh, she's at capacity. I, you know, I can't ask her right now. Like, so they can actually, it saves them time, really. So saying no is not selfish. And, you know, and you can start small. Sometimes it's hard to start no, you know, telling your parent no or telling your boss no may be a, a big leap from where you are right now. So I would suggest starting with the small things like, um, you know, not volunteering for extra task or saying, you know, asking or getting the color that you actually want instead of just accepting the color that someone's going to give you like a piece of paper or a pencil or, you know, something small, always start small because that's going to give you the evidence and confidence to show you that you can actually say no. And so when it comes to the bigger things that really matter, that really shift your energy on a day to day, you've already have practiced the skill set and it'll be much easier when it's go time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Number three tip, set clear boundaries. Now, in order to define your personal boundaries in different areas of your life, like work, relationships, and social situations, you have to almost date yourself and figure out what that is, what those are, right? In order to communicate a boundary with others, you have to figure it out what it is for yourself first, right? So you have to kind of define, you have to clarify what those are, right? And then you have to be able to communicate it clearly right? People are not mind readers. They cannot understand what's going on in your head, even though your brain may be moving a thousand miles an hour, right? They don't know that unless you tell them, right? And what I'll, you know, I'll say here, what I tell my clients, being clear is being kind, right? If you kind of speak around your boundary and just hope people get the subtle hint, clear is kind, straightforward is kind, right? Um, not everybody has the nuances to pick it up. Some people just like, well, I don't know what exactly what she's saying. So to be kind of clear and straightforward is best policy, right? Um, and you can explain your limits without having to like justify or apologize excessively, right? You don't have to apologize for having boundaries. Everybody has boundaries. It's just, it's nicer when people know what they are so they can work with them, Okay. Um, and really, this is the big thing, too, is being consistent, right? So following through um, so that way there's that expectation that this is this is what I expect when I interact with you, right? You're, you're being consistent. It means um, you're going to feel a little hesitancy at first because you're shifting, you're doing something different and people will 
also notice like, oh, I normally can do this around you and now I can't, or, oh, she's asking me, but we've always done it this way, right? So there's going to be a little discomfort because people don't like change to include ourselves, right? But it does get easier over time, but being consistent is really what's going to be, uh, make boundary setting so much easier for yourself. Fourth tip, practice self-care and self-compassion. I mentioned earlier about dating yourself. It is so important to date yourself so you know exactly what your needs, wants, and desires are at all times and what your red flags and what your green flags are, okay? But you have to know that with yourself without being, and as a people pleaser, this is hard because, and I found that it was easier for me to spend a lot of alone time because I'm a naturally extroverted. I like to be around people. Quality time is my love language. But I found that when I was spending time with other people, I was adapting what like what their habits were or whatever they want. I was like, oh, that's what I want. But I didn't truly know if that's what I wanted. I just felt like that would bring a continuity and a cohesiveness with the energy of the people I was around. So in order for me to actually figure out like, what kind of self-care I needed or what exactly what my needs were. I had to spend a lot of time alone. So that's another hot little sub tip here in the self-care world is to spend time alone. So that way you're only really listening to your own voice and you can make the determination, you know, what feels like self-care to you, what feels nurturing, what feels nourishing. Okay. Um, and then just really being self-compassionate and knowing that, you know, you're going to fuck up. We all do. We all make mistakes, right? We're not all going to have it figured out on the first go. Maybe our first time talking about the boundaries, not going to go the right way that we think or trying to change things in our life. Um, you know, it's going to come up with resistance. So really having the compassion that, you know, you are a strong woman. You, you do know what you want. You just, you know, got it wrong the first time or the second time or the millionth time. And that's okay. That is okay. Okay. And that's that deep self-love, self-compassion that's required to keep moving and learning and growing on this journey. Okay. Now, last and final tip is to seek support and guidance. Now you're already there by listening to this podcast, right? You're already there. Um, so, you know, if you're not listening to this podcast or in my world, um, you know, talk to a trusted friend, mentor, even a therapist, especially if some of your people-pleasing tendencies are really interfering with your day-to-day -day life, when it gets to, you know, that point, you know, you want to, you know, get the big guns and, you know, get to your doctor, get the referral, talk to a licensed professional. They're the ones that can get you help, right? Um, but even just on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, talking to a trusted friend, listening to podcasts like this, connecting yourself with people who value and prioritize their own personal growth and their own personal development. This, this is, this is how the, the, you can reduce your people pleasing behaviors. Okay. So really seek support guidance, connect with a community of like-minded people. You're here in my community. And, um, I do have a free Facebook group. So if you are wanting to connect even more in between podcast episodes, I will link my Facebook group in the show notes. So you can get that daily interaction with, uh, you know, like-minded women who are sharing each other's journey and receiving extra resources from me as a coach, uh, leading that group. So another possibility for you.
Okay. Now, what I want to leave with you today on this first episode of Boundaries Unleashed, I'm still just like wicked. I'm so giddy about it. Do you hear me like laughing? I just, I, I can't believe this, this uh, podcast has been like an idea and a seed planted like almost two years ago. And I'm just pinching myself that it's actually happening. So I can't, I can't hide my excitement, y'all. So you're just going to get it. All right. Yes, we're going to get it. Um, okay. But here's what I want to leave with you today. All right. Oh, two things. Overcoming people-pleasing tendencies and setting boundaries are gradual processes, okay, that require patience and practice, okay? And I'll also add in a, like, a shit ton of compassion, which I've already talked about, right? But these are gradual processes. These are not things that just become perfect overnight. They're not things that just zip, zip, zip you know, like line themselves in perfectly, right? We're humans. Life is a little messy. Uh, we're very complex human beings. All right. So really know that the journey that you want, the desires you want are possible, but being compassionate and holding love for yourself in that journey, knowing that removing or reducing these behaviors, as well as setting boundaries is a gradual process. And that's the biggest takeaway that I want you to have today is to know that um, it's one step at a time, one no at a time, one forgiveness at a time, right? It's a journey. Uh, and you'll get there. I, I have full faith that you'll get there. And the fact that, again, that you're here listening to this podcast, I know that you care and I know that you're committed to this journey. And I'm so privileged to be able to go with you on that journey. Um, I want to hear about your journey. And I invite you to listen to my other episodes that are in the queue or the episodes that I'm going to record in the future because you're so worth it. And the self-love journey is a powerful one and one that I'm privileged to go on with you. And so I thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, share this episode if it really touched you with a friend who really needs to hear it today. And I look forward to connecting on future episodes. All right, y'all get ready for your dance out outro. And uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me on Boundaries Unleashed. Don't forget to subscribe for more inspiration and practical strategies. It's time to own your life. And follow me on all of my social media channels. I'll include those links in the description of this episode. Feeling inspired to share this episode with a friend? Please do. This transformative work is too good to keep secret, and I'd love to welcome them into the fold. Until next time, remember, your boundaries matter, and you're on the path to becoming your authentic self. Much love.